everyone, welcome to the Emotional Man Podcast, where we are discovering how business leaders are building successful families. Everyone, welcome back to the Emotional Man Podcast. Today, I am very thrilled to have with us Arnav. He's a serial entrepreneur, girl dad, and the CEO and founder of Zomo Fit. So welcome to the show, Arnav. Thanks for having me, Joseph. Now, looking at your past projects, your past companies, you are quite the entrepreneur. And perhaps you can start sharing some of the companies you've had and what your current project is. Sure. Thanks, man. I'm not sure I'm quite the entrepreneur yet. I'm still learning and getting there. But I'll, I'll start with my history of what I've done and why I'm here right now. So I started my career as an engineer, and I worked as a engineer in New York City, designing ventilation systems for skyscrapers in the city. Got a little bit bored of that. I didn't see myself doing CAD work all day. So then I started working for then-Senator Obama in Ohio. We obviously did pretty well, and Ohio was instrumental in getting him to, to presidency, the swing state. And then after that, I hustled myself to get a job from Obama at the Pentagon. So having an engineering degree, they thought I was a good fit to oversee the Army Corps of Engineers. And I wasn't very, I don't think I was very high up, maybe I'm being too humble, but so there was three of us that was overseeing a $12 billion per year budget. And, uh, and so I don't think I was qualified. I was in my early 20s. And a lot of the Obama administration was, I think, really young. For example, I think Obama's speechwriter was, I think, 23 when he first started writing for Obama. So we were a really young administration. And the previous person I used to work in my position was 40-something. We got pretty lucky. I had a pretty cool gig. And I learned a lot working at the Pentagon for then-President Obama. And so my story goes, I worked in the government, I understood how the government worked. I think a lot of people don't understand how cool it is and how wasteful it is at the same time. But uh, I got exposure to the White House on a weekly, daily basis. I'd be at the White House pretty often. And so we wrote some pretty cool executive orders for president. We also would liaison with the Hill to work on the next budget, the new initiatives from president, which is really cool for being an early 20s guy. And so that was really awesome to do. I did that for one term, which is four years. I left that. Then I actually bought a house and I sold that house to start my first company because I really missed the engineering part of what I was doing, which was getting my hands dirty, building stuff. And really my inspirations were people like Richard Branson, Steve Jobs, of course, everyone's inspiration. And so I sold my house, took the money I made from it, it was about 100K, took that seed money, started my first company, which was a... It was a hardware device and it was a total failure because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And <laughs> hardware is very expensive and it takes a lot of capital and experience to do that. So we had pretty cool prototypes and we went to China to get things manufactured and scale, but it just was a failure in terms of getting to market, getting the product market fit. What I extracted from that lesson was there are some parts of what I built that were really cool, which is the software. So I then transitioned the first company into a voice assistant company. So essentially we built like a, a Siri or Alexa for cars. And we had customers like Jaguar Land Rover, Hyundai. And so we had some pretty cool big companies that they were backing us up. And we had investors like Techstars. So also a Techstars alumni too. Wow. That's the, from skyscrapers, you know, ventilation system skyscrapers to government, to hardware, to software. That is a lot of different areas. Yeah. Maybe I have ED. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so what are you currently doing? Yeah. 
So now what I'm currently doing is I'm a fitness buff. I love fitness. And so what I'm doing is I'm helping gyms um, move their business online. That means making money online. And there's a huge push for fitness to be online. There's, it's an $8 billion opportunity for online fitness. It's going to be a $60 billion opportunity in the next three to four years. So it's a rapid increase in, in demand uh, for fitness online. That's on Peloton. It's going to be the smaller guys, mom and pops that are out there. And so really the digitization platform for these gyms. And that's Zomo Fit. Yep. Zomo Fit. And where is that at in the, have you gone to market? Do you have customers? Kind of, where are you at in the journey so far? Yeah. So we started about two years ago. We raised half a million dollars to build the technology and validate that it's valuable for people. So we have customers, we have gyms that are using it, and we're in talks with some larger corporations, some of the big box gyms. So we are, we are making revenue. We are growing. So yeah. So with all this, with all these different projects, all these different companies, all these different ventures, what influence has that had on your social life and your family life? Because you're a self-professed girl dad. So talk to me a little about your family. Yeah, I think taking the entrepreneur road is it's frowned upon, especially if you're being if you're a kind of brown. I'm a Indian, first generation Indian, and my parents were like, "What the heck are you doing? You're leaving a comfy job in the government, and you're starting your own thing." And so there's there is some kind of like people look at you strange, like, "Why would you do this kind of thing? Leave your six six figure plus job and do something that's a little different." But it changes you as a person. I think when you start your own company, you do your own hustle. It changes the mentality. It changes. You start trying to make yourself better in every aspect of what you do, whether it's fitness, whether it's like how your relationships are with your friends or family, that all changes with that. So I, I did have a, I did get married and I actually am going through a divorce, which totally sucks. And I wouldn't recommend the divorce part of it. That totally is not fun. But I was lucky enough to have a daughter and she's going to be two in September. So that's, that I think makes me realize that we're all human in terms of where we have a limited time on this earth. And when I'm with my daughter, I try to be present, my phone's off. I am very much present with her. But you realize that when you're doing something, the task at hand, whether it's working, whether it's being with people you love, you really need to focus on what you're doing instead of being on your phone. And and so, yeah, that's kind of where you're at. Yeah. So there's a lot of business owners out there. They're all of us are trying to find what that balance, what that looks like between our work life, our personal life, our family life. You mentioned you're going through a divorce. What have you learned from this whole experience? And how do you balance the emotion and the stress that comes from that while also during the workday? Yeah, I think balance is really difficult. I think we've seen historically that some of the best entrepreneurs like Elon Musk or Steve Jobs, like Steve Jobs has been historically a shitty father. He's a great entrepreneur. He's, he's a great, I'm sure he's a great guy. I don't know, obviously didn't know him, but in his books and his biographies, he wasn't a great father. So I don't think he had the balance that maybe he regretted at the end of his life. But I'm not sure what the right choice is, what the right balance is. But I will, what I will say is I started the Zomo Fit when I was just having my daughter. She was just born. So I didn't sleep very much at all. I was probably sleeping maybe one or two hours a night. I was working quite a bit. You know, I was taking care of my daughter through the night because as newborns do. They don't sleep very well at night. So balance, uh, I, I think it's not about, I, I think it's about balance is about what you're, what makes you happy and what makes people around you happy. Because if you're not doing a great job being a good husband or a great dad, 
you'll be able to tell your relationships will crumble with whether it's friends, family, whatever, they'll fall apart. I don't recommend not sleeping because that it does take a toll on you. But I think you, it's a there's no magic kind of number for anybody in terms of the right balance. And there's a lot of consultants or people that I know that work really hard nine to five jobs, nine to five or nine to nine jobs that don't have a great balance. So it's not just being an entrepreneur. I think it's in general, it's up to you to how to balance and being present in whatever you're doing. And the balance is really a tough one. I think after my divorce, I've learned to do be more work on self-care a little bit more. Think about myself and realize that burnout is a real thing, especially when you get the stressor of having a divorce, not being able to see your daughter as much. You can't just work through the day and night constantly because it's not healthy. And I think in my 30s, now I've learned in my 30s, late 30s now, is that having self-care and realizing that you're human and taking a break and getting out of the house and or getting out of the office and really spending time with friends and family, sleeping, that's really important to recharge you to work even harder again the next day. One of the things I've found in, in, in my own business and talking with other business owners and business leaders, there's always a contract that's coming up. There's always a deadline. Maybe there's always something to do. Yeah. So how do you, and when we all talk about taking, we really need to take care of ourselves. How do we transition? Like, how do we, what was the mindset transition for you? Or what are some strategies that you employ to say no? Or to say, I'll take care of that tomorrow so that you can take care of your personal health. I'm not too good at that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> having a good team and delegating or having being very organized helps quite a bit. So having putting out fires all the time is not a good way to work every day. It's very stressful. Instead, what I usually do is plan out my week on a Sunday. So on Sunday afternoon or Sunday night, I spend the time just figuring out what I'm going to do, what I'm going to achieve that week, really list out my achievements. And so my days are more predictable and I put in time to work out every day, let's say an hour a day. And so I schedule my time ahead and make sure that I'm not working myself to death, essentially. How do you go about that schedule? And how do you, how do you schedule in the time with your daughter? Yeah, right now it's, I have a set time with her. So I just, I have that every other day. So I just make that happen whenever I can. I just make the time work. And because work can pause, the best customers are not the ones that are going to be running away because you took a day to respond or a couple hours to respond. The best customers are understanding. They're actually probably the easiest to work with because they have the highest need and they have the most money to put into something. So you can take a break. You can spend time with your daughter or your family. That's definitely possible. I don't recommend to Silicon Valley Silicon Valley culture is to work constantly and maybe even take Adderall and just keep working through the night and day. It's very prone to burnout and it's not healthy. You age a lot faster doing that kind of thing. It's about taking breaks and taking the time to structure your day in terms of work and play. Some of the, especially early on in kind of an entrepreneurial endeavor, it's very easy to tell yourself as a business owner, I get it, I'm working 100 hours right now. 100 plus hours. I know I'm tired. I'm not seeing my family, but just a little bit longer. And then I'll reach that milestone and my family will have this lifestyle. Yeah. I think ambitious people, it's a never ending game. Just like Steve Jobs, or Elon Musk, there's no such thing as how much more you can do. Think about Elon Musk. He's the world's richest man. He has many successful companies, but he works really hard. It works for some people. It doesn't work for other people. But I think like I was saying before, 
recharging and actually spending the time and being in deep focus for four hours a day is better than working 12 hours a day that is not deep focus because a lot of time is wasting time looking at Facebook, whatever it is. It's better to have deep focus and just not be distracted. How do you combat that thought of, I'm almost there, I just need to push a little lot harder? That, that's very prevalent, especially in ambitious business owners. That prize is always just a little few steps ahead of you. So yeah. what, what advice would you give yourself, let's say, a few years ago to help combat that thought, to give yourself that time to heal, to rest? Yeah, I was like that when I first started my first company, and I would just work and burn out. So I think, like I was saying before, like you really need to organize your week and organize your KPIs and be realistic about your KPIs. For example, if you have a KPI that you want to make $10,000 more new revenue from new customers this month, then you have to work backwards in terms of how much time you're spending doing that. And really, it's not the amount of work you're putting into into the day. It's more about, I saw some wise entrepreneurs say that it's 20% of the work that you're doing that's going to give you 80% of the results. So really about planning out what you're going to do that week, plan out which is going to have the highest ROI in your day, instead of running around with putting on fires everywhere, it's not very effective. So planning planning is very instrumental for new business folks. I wish I planned a lot better before. Planning time, being organized, write out my notes every week, sprint planning, all that stuff helps quite a bit. In in companies, it's really easy, especially with KPIs, to recognize whether or not you're succeeding in the market, winning at the game. But how do you do that in a family setting? How do you define what KPIs would you what if you were to get married again or just moving forward with your daughter? Yeah. What are some family KPIs do you think business owners could start looking at or that you would consider? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I'm still learning. We, we all are. We're we are all learning. <laughs> I definitely don't have the answer there. I think I can tell my daughter's so young. I can tell when she's enjoying her time with me when I'm there when I'm present. I don't think you can put a KPI to love or emotions. I think things that are play or love relationships. I think it's about the emotional return you get on investment. And so I don't think people should be putting KPIs to that because I'll be too machine, too robotic. I think it's the emotional return you get that, that you can feel. There, in talking with some of the business owners previously, it's really easy, especially when your kids are asking, why can't you spend time with us? Or why don't I see you? There's that parent guilt that can come through. How do you handle... Have you ever experienced anything like that in... Or how do you handle those emotions that kind of come from the need to build this business so you can provide for your family and also the emotional wants and needs for your from your children? Yeah, I think kids have a reasonable schedule. Like they have certain, whether they're going to school, whether they have playtime with playdates, whatever it is. I think just having a certain time that you have with your kid every single day, whether it's two hours, three hours, whatever it is, and having a consistent schedule with them that's, I think they learn that this is the time with dad. This is the time that whether it's your shower time, whatever it is, or playtime, storybook time, I kind of schedule those times in and I block those times off from work. So that kind of does help quite a bit. And other times they can't just ask to hang out with me. I get it. They want to, but just like other, other, like my parents, for example, my, my dad didn't get to spend a lot of time with him because 
he worked two jobs just to see our family, being a first-generation immigrant. We had a full-time nine-to-five engineering job, but then he also would be a professor at school. So he spent maybe an hour or two with us a night, and he'd be exhausted. So time boxing your time with your kids, I think is important, and making sure it's blocked off from work, getting your phone away, I think that's, those are good things that, and I think guilt subsides after you set a schedule. Kids understand. Yeah, because that way you, you know what you can do, and you do it. Yeah. Let's talk about the divorce. Rocky, whenever we have struggles in our relationship, especially to those who are closest with us, what effect has that had on your capacity as a business leader, business owner? Yeah, the divorce was really tough. I felt like I've essentially froze my business for the last six months. I could, I was, it totally screwed my business, totally screwed up growth. I was stressed out. The biggest part of the divorce that was impactful to me was my uh, how much time I had to spend with my daughter. That's that the stress of that totally messed up my time with it. What I'd recommend for people going through divorces or or people that are going through stress or every relationship goes through ups and downs is have a therapist, meditate daily, work out daily. Those things definitely do help. On the days that I don't meditate, I feel I feel a difference. I'm not as productive, I'm not as happy in my work. Those things definitely do help. What does the meditation do for you? There can be in some companies, organizations, this ethos of stoicism of mm-hmm. real men don't have to feel emotions or real men don't let their emotions bother them. Well, what would be your response to that? Not Meditation is not going to work for everybody, obviously, but it, you really have to give it a chance. And I think every generation, I think we're evolving as humans. We're not being as stoic in terms of men hide their emotions. I think the next generation is a lot better with their emotions and talking about it, talking through things. That's super important. What meditation does for me is every morning, it helps me focus and stay grounded. Otherwise, my brain is just constantly thinking about the worst case scenario, stressing about this, that. It's going everywhere. The meditation helps me just breathe, focus, and calm myself before I start the day. I also journal too. So I try to get all my emotions out on paper, top through it on a piece of paper, journal. That helps quite a bit too. I think everyone's got emotions. The most stoic people are the most warm and gooey inside. I think, see with my dad, my dad's generation was very tough. They didn't have any issues. Was he to have any emotions? Like my dad, I don't think has ever told me he's loved me. That's the thing. But he loves me deeply. Like I don't definitely know that. But he just doesn't express himself very well. And it's because the way he was brought up in India, it just wasn't the way to do things. Everyone's got emotions. You need to somehow have an outlet. And the by, by having an outlet, you also are able to love a lot deeper in your other relationships, with friends, with family, with spouses, whatever it is, with your kids. That's super important, I think. I love that. I think emotional intelligence, I think it's what the coin is, the terms being coined these days, yeah. it is rising in kind of the public awareness, especially just for personal mental health and especially relationships. One of the things I like to ask, especially near the close of this interview, is if you know, the Arnob 10 years from now could come back and give you advice today. What are some of the things you think he would tell you in regards to balancing work and family? Yeah, I think balancing work and family, I think that's not what I struggle with so much. I think it's more about the stress and the stress taking away from my time with my loved ones. Like sometimes I'm so stressed out that I could have panic attacks or I have, I'm just not there in the moment. I think what I would say to myself in 10 years from now is like, it's all going to be okay. Be easy on yourself. 
it's okay to be ambitious and want to do great things, but it takes time. It takes focus. And when you put too much on your shoulders, you end up just drowning yourself and not moving anywhere. You're just drowning in quicksand. There's a lot of other people who are dealing a lot with that stress. What, what does that, that look like for you in your day-to-day? Sometimes it's sometimes people don't realize how much stress is affecting them. So yeah. what does it look like when you see that stress is affecting you? Yeah, I, I, actually, I had a panic attack last week, and, I, <laughs> and I've never had one of those before. I didn't know what it was. I thought I was like dying. So yeah, it, it's very impactful to you. And like I was saying before, like the last six months during the divorce, I was not like doing very well in my business. It was, I was just stalled out. Yeah, it, it has a huge impact on, on, on folks. And I think taking care of yourself and going to therapy and doing all these different things are t- definitely helpful. Yeah. Well, I think, Arnab, thank you so much for your time today. There's a lot of business owners who are in the same seat as you and we're all trying to figure it out. Yeah. I love the idea of sometimes you just have to time block and allow yourself to be okay with the time that you've allotted and just being honest with yourself with the right. time that you've allotted. And also just the ability to recognize your personal health does directly impact your ability at work. Yeah. There's a lot of business owners right now who are still trying to learn that. And so I appreciate you being willing to share your experience with us. Sure. Absolutely. I hope that my pain that I've gone through is helping other folks the lesson. So if anyone wants to reach out, talk, I'm happy to do that as long as I can help. I wish I had more mentors that talked about their emotions versus just talk about work. So I'm here for you. If you need help, reach out whenever you need. Yeah. Talking about reaching out. So ZomoFit, who's your ideal customer right now? Yeah. So our ideal customers are gym owners, small to medium-sized gym owners, and they have 200 to 500 customers, and they have a brick and mortar location. And what they're trying to do is scale their business. And for a lot of these folks, what they're learning is scaling the business doesn't mean opening another location. It means making more money online. Okay. And how could they reach out to you? Where could they learn more about doing this? Yeah, they can go to our website, which is zomofit.com. So Z O M O F I T.com. You can Google it. You can also go to the website. We're on there. Great. Again, everyone, this is Arnab. We are so grateful to have you on the show for sharing your experience. And we will hopefully be able to talk to you again a year from now, seeing how Zomo's grown. Awesome. Thank you for the time. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Emotional Man podcast. If you're a business leader whose family is in pain and you're looking for a change in direction, I invite you to join our eight-week family turnaround program, which gives families just like yours the tools and skills you need to reconnect, heal, and lead your family turnaround. You can learn more by clicking on the link in today's show notes and description. We'll see you soon.